This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. What we are going to talk about today is financial planning for when you have lost a spouse. Um, you know, this can be a very difficult time in someone's life, and I am very sensitive to the emotional side of this topic, which is one of the main reasons why I've decided to make it um, a program that we work within with clients. I think that uh, we have the opportunity to bring a lot of value to someone that's going through a rough time. And one of the reasons that I think that is because of the experiences we've had with people who have lost a spouse. We had a woman come in who lost her spouse to a very unexpected illness. So it wasn't something that had a long health issue leading up to it. It was very unexpected. And this particular gentleman who passed away was a union worker. And so he had um, some pensions and he had some 401ks. And she was actually in a position where she had to make some very quick decisions about getting his pension started to her. And um, when she came in, she literally said, I'm so scattered I don't know why I really can't think straight. And that's because when you go through such a loss like this, there is a lot of emotion that is for in the forefront of your thinking and the financial decisions that have to be made are not as easy to necessarily work through. So we're going to talk about what to think about when you have lost your spouse. And uh, joining me today is Kelsey Banky. She's a certified financial planner with us here at Stirk Financial. Welcome, Kelsey. Thanks, Mary. Happy to be here. Good. So um, each year, more than one million people will lose a spouse. So there's a lot of people that this topic actually impacts. Um, and so I want to talk about um, kind of the top five tips that we have for, um, you know, if you're in that situation, what to be thinking about doing. Number one, the very first tip is to hold off on making long-term life-changing decisions. So Kelsey, tell us a little bit about why that's so important. When you, after you've lost a spouse, like Mary said, the emotional component is very overwhelming and uh, making some decisions that are long-term, maybe expensive, maybe irreversible. is definitely not something you want to do uh, when you're dealing with the emotional part uh, in so heavily, you know, as you are in the beginning. So uh, holding off on making those decisions, it's not, not the the thoughts that you have aren't going to be what you end up doing anyway, but just making sure you, you give yourself some time to truly make sure that that's what you want and it's, it's not a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, it's very ill-advised to rush into decisions such as moving, selling a house, giving away large sums of money to your children or paying off a mortgage or making any kind of major purchase. Um, the other thing you want to be careful not to do is investing money into something immediately that locks you into long holding periods. So things with long surrender charges or long periods of time that you have to stay in there. These decisions can wait until you're feeling stronger. Um, so think of it think of it like <laughs> kind of like a tornado. You know, if a tornado hits your house, you immediately have to address the big things like maybe fixing the hole in the roof, but you don't have to address some of the other things, like maybe what paint color are you going to repaint a room? So breaking it down into what decisions have to be made short-term, which generally lend more towards taking care of things like filing claims um, for insurance policies, getting your cash flow in order, making sure your bills are paid on time and things like that. Those are the short-term things to be focusing on. 
The next thing that we think is important is to, again, prioritize the immediate tasks that need attention. So the things that need to be addressed right away, first of all, are funeral arrangements and memorial services. That comes first. Now, one of the things that um, is nice if you have time leading up to the death of the spouse is to have talked about some of these things before. We have a great beneficiary guide that people work with that um, not only helps you list out important things like where are where's that safe deposit box key and what are the passwords for the computer, but it also talks about um, you know what are your spouse's wishes. What is it that you want to have uh, hymns played at their funeral? Or what is it that you want to have said at their eulogy? Um, Who do they want their pallbearers to be? And if you know some of those things ahead of time, it takes a lot of that decision-making angst out of it when you're actually going through the process. But dealing with funeral arrangements and memorial services absolutely comes first. Next comes getting organized, and with that means understanding your cash flow and your bills. So Kelsey, tell them a little bit about how we can help with organizing some of that cash flows, the understanding your expenses and your incomes and things like that. Sure, Mary. We have a couple tools that are really helpful, and and of course we also offer guidance on how to utilize those tools. Um, First of all, you need to get organized on what exactly is out there. So what do you have for bills? How often do they need to be paid? When do they need to be paid? How do you pay them? Uh, All of that is important to making sure nothing gets dropped and you don't get yourself into a financial situation that you're having to pay late fees or fines or things like that to take care of those expenses. When it comes to the incomes, uh, it's important to know where the money's coming from When is it coming? How is it coming to you? Is it a direct deposit? Is it a check? Is it once a month? Is it twice a month? Uh, There's lots of different ways that things like that can occur. But getting both of those, uh, the expenses and the incomes, uh, figured out very early and and getting them organized can ease the stress and allow you to focus on uh, things a little bit more important, such as grieving. Um, But you need to get those in order. And we can be happy to help with that. We also have some tools available to get you organized Uh, in a way that we think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so give us a call at 605-217-3555. We have operators standing by where you can request our financial guidance packet for when you lose a spouse. It incorporates a lot of things like this beneficiary guide, some of these tools that are what to focus on, you know, immediately versus down the road. And um, again, thank you for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. We're talking about financial guidance when you've lost your spouse, and you're welcome to call in for a free packet of information about that by calling at 605-217-3555. Okay, after you're done dealing with some of the cash flow issues and figuring that out, you are going to have to move into the phase of probating your spouse's will, if they have a will. If they don't have a will, that's a whole different story, but you'll still have to go through a probate process. Um, dying without a will is called intestate, and that's something you want to avoid if you can. Having a will makes the process a lot more uh, smoothly operating than without it. So going through the process of probate requires an attorney, and so having an attorney uh, that you trust and that you work with on your team I think is incredibly important. All right, in terms of that 
team, I think it's also important for you to assemble a full team of people that you do trust. Because over the next couple of years, that you after you've lost a spouse, you are going to need guidance from people who are experts. A good attorney will help you through that probate process. They'll help you retitle property in your name and create new legal documents that you'll need for your life going forward. A good financial planner will help you organize your cash flow and your bills. They'll help you retitle investments into your name and help you create a good long-term financial plan. A good CPA will help you understand your changing tax landscape and make sure that you file your taxes correctly. So finding professionals that you trust is very important. The three pack of professionals you need, again, are an attorney, a financial planner, and a CPA. And um, you really should have it be something that creates a red flag for you if people are trying to push you into big decisions too quickly. So keep that in mind as you're working with your professionals. Okay, the next tip that we have for you is to apply for benefits and insurance proceeds. So Kelsey, tell us a little bit about what that process looks like. Absolutely, Mary. Uh, There are a lot of things that can generate proceeds for you when a spouse dies. Uh, It it makes a difference. Were they uh, members of the military? Were they members of organizations that might provide benefits? You also have Social Security you need to finish up. If they still have investments or if they had a pension through their job that they uh, didn't claim or uh, if it had uh, provisions to pay you in the event of their death, you need to be working on collecting those as well. Uh, this is all, of course, beyond just normal life insurance, um, whether that's uh, personal insurance that you you had purchased and paid for or if it's group insurance through an employer. Uh, there are a lot of different uh programs, different organizations that could be providing a benefit to you that you want to make sure that you're applying for and you're collecting. So making sure that you go get those ducks in a row are important. A good financial planner will help you through the process of applying for those benefits and point you in the right direction of where to look for things to see if there are additional benefits that are due for you. All right, the next step is then to move assets and bills into your name. So we've talked a little bit about getting those bills paid, being organized, making sure you're taking over the cash flow. And for a lot of people, this might be something completely new to you. I mean, maybe the spouse that passed away is the one that handled all this. Now you're the one that has to. So um, moving those assets and bills into your name is going to be incredibly important. Um, This can help you build credit. And it can also assure that your day-to-day details are taken care of, as well as imbibe a sense of financial confidence in you. So give us a call, 605-217-3555, to request your free financial guidance when you lose a spouse packet. And also, we have a seminar coming up on February 23rd that is Guidance for Financial Wellbeing. Helping caregivers and widows through this difficult phase in life. So if you are in a caregiver situation or if you have lost a spouse, we welcome you to come and you can go to sterkfinancialservices.com to register to come to our seminar. So Mary, as we're talking about all this, I can, I can just imagine our listeners who have either dealt with this or are currently dealing with this, and it can seem overwhelming, all of the tasks that need to be completed uh, in, in this event. So how do we break it down? How do we make this manageable and something that we can work through? That's a really good question, Kelsey, because it may seem as if someone is physically present when they've lost a spouse, but the reality is that mentally they're in 
what they describe as a fog. And that fog can last for quite a while, you know, even up to a couple of years for some people. There's also kind of an interesting syndrome that happens, and it's called the six-month syndrome. And the six-month syndrome is that somebody will have gone through a lot of the grieving process, and they get to about the point where they're six months after the loss, and they actually all of a sudden are feeling pretty good. Like they, they kind of got their feet back under them. They're moving forward with life. And the six-month syndrome is um, unique to losing a spouse because for a lot of people, there will be a regression back into that deep grief at about the six-month point. And it often takes people by surprise. So um, be aware that from an emotional standpoint, that might be something that you go through. But that also ties into why we're saying it's important not to make too many major long-term decisions too soon. So we talked a little bit about what's important to do initially, obviously taking care of funeral arrangements, things like that, locating insurance policies, filing claims for them, and then getting the probate process started. But within really three to nine months after there has been a death, that's when you can start doing some additional things. So one of the things would be to get that probate uh, process going. You want to start that maybe about three to nine months after the loss. You also will want to um, notify any decedent's creditors by mail. So if the person who's passed away owed money to people, there's actually a very specific process that you need to go through um, in order to do that within the right amount of time. And your attorney can help you with that. You also will have to file a federal estate tax return. And um, state laws vary about how that happens, what the state it requires, but the federal... Um, Tax laws require that there be a closing estate tax return done when someone has passed away. So those are some things to think about working with your CPA and your attorney with within three to nine months after a death. When you get to the point where you're about nine to 12 months out or beyond, then that's really when I think it begins to be something where we want to focus forward. So this is when you really want to think about updating your own estate plan. So what kind of things might that entail, Kelsey? Well, updating your estate plan is going to include a couple of different things. Most likely the will that you had, the trust you had, your power of attorneys, whether it be healthcare power of attorney or financial power of attorney, all of those things most likely had your spouse listed as the beneficiary or the caregiver or the guardian listed uh, that would take over in the event of anything happening to you. With that person no longer being around to do that, you need to appoint somebody else to receive your assets, receive your money, or take care of you in the event that your health fails. So making sure your financial power of attorney is up to date, that would be um, someone who is uh, able to take over and handle your finances, something as simple as accessing your bank account in the event that you are not mentally capable or physically uh, capable to do that, updating your healthcare power of attorney, who's going to make those health decisions for you should something happen to you. So this is really uh, helping get things lined up so uh, the right people are taking care of you uh, in the event that you start to have any problems yourself. So, okay, those are some really great points. And and the other thing that I want to talk about a little bit is investment pools of money. So when you've lost a spouse, you do need to make claims on those investment pools of money fairly soon. You'll want to get the, the claims filed within the first few months after a death. But determining what to do with those assets long term is not something that you have to rush into a decision on. And what I mean by that is this. In the short term, you really want to focus on liquidity, 
having access to money. So you want to work with your financial planner to get things positioned in a way that they are liquid, they are accessible to you, and that probably are fairly conservatively oriented because right now risk in your investments is not what you want to be thinking about or adding to your plate to worry about. But when you get about 9 to 12 months out from the point in time when you've lost your spouse, that's to the appropriate point in time to really start thinking about good long-term financial decisions for your pools of investment dollars. You know, it's at this point that you really want to think about how can these investment dollars take care of you for the rest of your life? You know, are they retirement oriented? Are they uh, legacy oriented, like, you know, passing down to your children? What are your goals and objectives for these investment pools that you're now managing that are in now in your name? And how do you want to invest them for the long haul going forward? So again, you're listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. We're talking about financial guidance when you've lost a spouse. I encourage you to give us a call 24 hours a day. We have operators standing by that you can call in and request your financial guidance packet for when you've lost a spouse. And then we also have a great seminar coming up on February 23rd that is designed especially for people who are caregivers who have lost their spouse to help guide you through um, what financial Uh, impact you may have and critical things and valuable things to be thinking about if you're in that situation. So, all right. Another thing I want to talk about is the emotional support side of um, having lost a spouse. So we can talk about the financial side of it all day long. um, But one of the things that I think is really important is that you create a uh, resource system for yourself And um, there are different ways that you can do that. There's lots of different um, opportunities for you to join groups, uh, whether it's support groups or, uh, you know, connecting with other people who've lost a spouse or other people who are providing care. uh, If you're not to that point yet, Uh, one of the groups in uh, Sioux City area that we have found to be especially robust uh, and have lots of different resources and information available is the uh, two groups, uh, hospice, so hospice of Siouxland or other hospice groups if you're outside of the Siouxland area. And then Christy Smith Funeral Homes has a very robust uh, program for helping people deal with the grief and the emotions after they've lost a spouse. So there, there are multiple other places you can uh, get information. You can get uh, support groups if you're, you know, the social organizations or your churches, things like that. But those two particularly, we've had great uh, feedback on from people that we've worked with. Absolutely. So finding good resources. We talked earlier about assembling that professional team that you trust, you know, having the attorney, the financial planner and the CPA in your corner. It's also important to have that emotional component on your team, too. So we recommend that you find a good support group or connect in with a counselor that can help you through your process. Um, All right. So to kind of recap, some of the things that we feel are the most important to be thinking about, number one, holding off on those major life-changing decisions. Um, Don't make decisions about moving, selling your house, things like that right away. Take some time to get your feet back under you before you make those decisions. Uh, Secondly, prioritizing the immediate tasks that need attention, which mostly comes down to cash flow, liquidity, bill paying, things like that. Um, 
Next, applying for the benefits and the insurance proceeds. And then once you've got those monies, making sure that you position them with your financial planner in something that's liquid and accessible and conservative so that you can focus on the process of grieving and moving forward instead of having to worry so much about your finances. And then lastly, working with your professional team to move your assets into your name, whether it's property or investments, moving bills into your name, and then uh, working with your support group to really start to focus forward on building your life. You know, the the thing about it is losing a spouse is definitely a very tragic thing, but you are able to move forward towards hope and towards new possibilities and getting your finances in order so that you can focus on the other important things in life, I think is really important. So again, you've been listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And um, we have a great resource that we've put together for you that uh, we'd love for you to call in and request. It's a financial guidance packet for when you lose a spouse. You can call us at 605-217-3555 to request that. And um, that packet also includes these tips that we've been talking about, includes a checklist of things that you can do so that you know that you've got all your ducks in a row. Um, And you know what? If you're somebody listening to this who's not in a position of losing a spouse, but maybe you're in a position of losing a parent, call in and request this guide because this is something that can really help you be a resource to your surviving parent to help them through this difficult process too. And then I encourage you all to join us at our seminar on February 23rd. That's for caregivers and for people who've lost a spouse. Good, valuable tools and guidance to um, help support you during this time. You've been listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Thanks for listening. Call us at 605-217-3555 for your copy of Financial Guidance When You Lose a Spouse. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.